0: If Putin likes Donald Trump, guess what, folks? That's called an asset, not a liability. Nice asset. <laughs>
1: well, I don't know why I came here tonight. Why
2: did I? I got
1: the feeling there's something right. Oh,
2: that's why.
1: I'm so scared in case I
2: fall off my chair. Yeah, but little. I wonder how I'll get down the stairs to the right
1: here i am stuck from in the, the middle Pacifica with you yep stuck from the Pacifica
2: Radio Network in Los Angeles this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara 93.7 FM in San Diego 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove. On 93 FM WLRI in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. On 88.5 FM KAKU in Maui, Hawaii. In WGRN 94.1 FM in Columbus, Ohio, 102.9 FM WLPP in Palinville, New York, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on the great AM 950 KTNF. We're also heard streaming coast to coast and around the globe on the Progressive Voices Channel. Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all around swell fellow from BradBlog.com says me. If not you, welcome to the uh, to the broadcast. Yes, five days a week we are at this and it is uh, already the new year has barely started and it is already exhausting uh, with especially with today. I have never seen a news day like uh, like today. We're going to try to cover about as much of it as we can, at least of the things you need to know about the most important things. Yes, Donald Trump gave his first press conference today since his election. As the next president of the United States, in fact, it was his first press conference since last July, the day that he called on Russia to hack and release thousands of Hillary Clinton's emails. Remember that way back last summer? That was the last time Donald Trump gave a press conference. And today's conference uh, comes on the heels of new sensational and, yes, salacious, if completely unverified claims uh, against Donald Trump that broke last night. Trump uh, held a press conference and spoke to some of it. He announced his plans for putting his business interests into a trust, not a blind trust, just a regular old trust run by his sons. He spoke to his intentions of dismantling Obamacare and much more. We'll get to that press conference in a bit and perhaps some of your calls today on everything that is going on, because there is a lot of it, far more than uh, than we can adequately cover here at uh, Brad Blog World News headquarters, but we will do our best to try. And uh, we'll do our best to keep our eyes on what matters, as I say, in the bargain. Our phone number will be... 818-985-5735, that's 818-985-KPFK, if I'm able to get uh, get to it, because uh, I'd love to talk to you about what's going on on all of the above. So if you have thoughts, uh, 818-985-5735, we'll get there in a little bit. Also, uh, speaking about what matters, Desi Doyen will join us for our latest Green News Report shortly, covering... Um, some of the outgoing parting shots by the Obama administration to try and preserve the gains made against climate change and towards renewable energy during their time in office, much of which Donald Trump has announced he intends to undo. Um Beginning but not ending with the nominee for secretary of state, ExxonMobil CEO Rex Tillerson, who had his first day of his confirmation hearings in the U.S. Senate today amidst all of the other madness going on and amidst the charges we covered earlier that uh, this week. Um, Well, we covered it earlier this week that David Arkesh of Public Citizen found, we had him on as our guest. If you missed that show, you can download it at bradblog.com. Arkesh found that uh, documents that Tillerson and ExxonMobil filed with the SEC to detail Tillerson's uh, Supposed divestment from Exxon, his really his hundred and eighty million dollar golden parachute from the company, supposedly to divest himself from his interests in the Exxon Mobil Oil behemoth, um, uh, which is the only place he's ever worked in our life. That uh, golden parachute, that divestment is not quite as encouraging uh, as it looks on the surface because it would allow him to return to the company after leaving the State Department, at least according to uh, some discrepancies in these documents filed with the SEC. So Tillerson would still have an interest in boosting the profits and interests of ExxonMobil over those of the nation, even as he's serving as Secretary of State. And that, by the way, even as the country of China has announced a nearly half trillion dollar investment in renewable energy. So we'll have uh, some of that more in our Green News report. Desi will also join us for more on uh, on the Tillerson hearings shortly, as well as uh, the second day of hearings for Trump's controversial nominee for U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions, which we have been covering in great detail over the past week or so. If you missed any of those programs, you can also download them at Bradblog.com. Um, And then last night, amidst all of this, a uh, a packed house of 20,000 at McCormick Place, a convention center in Chicago, Obama, President Obama, gave his farewell address and said that change only happens when people get engaged and they come together to demand it. He touted his record over the past eight years since taking office amidst the global economic banking crisis that was ongoing at the time his record on jobs, health care, Iran, Cuba, marriage equality, and more. And then he chose to focus on what he described as the state of our democracy, saying that we are all in this together, that we will rise and fall as one. And while he encouraged a smooth, peaceful transition to the presidency of Donald Trump, he also acknowledged that sometimes democracy goes two steps forward and one step back.
3: Our democracy is threatened whenever we take it for granted. All of us, regardless of party, should be throwing ourselves into the task of rebuilding our democratic institutions. When voting rates in America are some of the lowest among advanced democracies, we should be making it easier, not harder, to vote. But remember, none of this happens on its own. All of this depends on our participation, on each of us accepting the responsibility of citizenship. Our Constitution is a remarkable, beautiful gift, but it's really just a piece of parchment It has no power on its own. We, the people, give it power. We, the people, give it meaning with our participation and with the choices that we make and the alliances that we forge. That's what our democracy demands. It needs you. Not just when there's an election, If you're tired of arguing with strangers on the internet, try talking with one of them in real life. If something needs fixing, then lace up your shoes and do some organizing. Show up. Dive in. I'm asking you to believe not in my ability to bring about change, but in yours. I'm asking you to hold fast to that faith written into our founding documents, that idea whispered by slaves and abolitionists, that spirit sung by immigrants and homesteaders and those who marched for justice, that creed reaffirmed by those who planted flags from foreign battlefields to the surface of the moon. A creed at the core of every American whose story is not yet written. Yes, we can. Yes, we did. Yes, we can. Thank you. God bless you. May God continue to bless the United States of America. Thank you.
2: And there was nary a dry eye in the House at McCormick Place in Chicago as President Obama gave his farewell address. ...to a packed house of some 20,000 admirers and supporters. That was last night. Uh, And, of course, there is no greater shift uh, in a democracy, it seems, when it comes from uh, President Obama to uh, Donald Trump's crazy press conference today. Uh, But uh, before all of that, uh, it was day one of Rex Tillerson's uh, confirmation hearings in the U.S. Senate... Uh, Republicans have been facing pressure. They've been under a lot of increasing pressure as uh, Trump's nominees have not yet been fully vetted by federal authorities. Democrats have called on Republicans to delay the hearings of a bunch of potential cabinet members, three of whom uh, were scheduled for this week, Uh, actually four uh, who have not been cleared by the agency charged with unraveling potential conflicts of interest, according to The New York Times. We told you on yesterday's broadcast that there would be uh, five different hearings going on all at once today. Uh, Shortly after we got off air, the uh, Republicans delayed the hearing for Congressman Mike Pompeo, who has uh, been nominated as CIA director. The uh, health, uh, the education uh, secretary, Betsy DeVos, uh, her nomination uh, her confirmation has been delayed, as um, as have uh, let's see, Wilbur Ross for Commerce Secretary. He was supposed to be up tomorrow. That's been delayed. Andrew Puzder for Labor Secretary. That has been delayed, apparently. Ah, uh, the trump uh, Trump campaign, Trump transition, was late in getting a lot of these nominees to the governmental office of ethics. And so they have not been able to complete their review. And in many cases, uh, these nominees have not even turned in their documentation uh, to the uh, to the office so that new ethics agreements and so forth can be uh, can be laid out and uh, made before the hearings begin, Something that Mitch McConnell, as the, uh, Republican leader back in 2009 had demanded of Barack Obama's nominees before Democrats began hearings back then, and Democrats are demanding the same thing now. Republicans had been declining to do so, but now... Uh, reluctantly, they have agreed, at least, to delay some of these uh, some of these hearings, at least for a short time. Rex Tillerson's was not delayed, however, that got underway today, along with um, the day two of Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions' uh, hearing, Trump's nominee for attorney general. But uh, Tillerson. Trump's nominee for Secretary of State is the uh, CEO of ExxonMobil and Desi Doyen. You were doing your best to cover his hearing today. Along with along with everything else that's going on,
1: I know it's it's like you said it's been a crazy day. Yep. One of the hearings that was not rescheduled was yep. one I was very interested in, which was Elaine Chao as a, the Secretary of transportation, transportation, the wife of Senate Majority Leader Mitch right. McConnell. That of course, transportation is kind of a big environment energy thing, but I'm not going to get to cover that because instead we had to cover the big dog Tillerson, the and what CEO we, of Exxon. Oh, <laughs>
2: indeed, and, and so what did we learn? Because I was keeping my eyes on Sessions, which we'll get to shortly, so what did you learn from watching uh, Tillerson? Well,
1: essentially, three words describe it. Deflect, deflect, deflect. Um, Because today he did it in a folksy tone, though, so of course it's okay. But um, (laughs) basically he um, lamented what he characterized as America's withdrawal from certain regions of the world. He called it very worrying and confusing to allies. But his idea is that America should project strength. He said, quote, American leadership must be asserted around the world. And uh, he quoted Teddy Roosevelt saying, We should talk softly but carry a big stick. Um, the senators there the, uh, were. Didn't all... Teddy
2: Roosevelt b- break up these huge companies, these huge <laughs> banks and these huge oil companies? Wasn't that yeah, Teddy Roosevelt? Yeah, he okay. was really
1: big on that antitrust yeah. okay. stuff. Not so much on uh, uh, Tillerson, though. Yeah. Um, so he, the senators there were very interested in the terrorism and cyber attacks and ISIS in Syria and the Middle East. But because he hadn't not been fully briefed, he said. He could not answer all of these questions as fully as he might otherwise. So he had well, only because
2: he doesn't have any actual experience in uh, in these things not as in diplomacy. diplomacy. Now right. he
1: does have an extensive experience, you know, in in making deals with other countries. Exxon is involved in around Mm -hmm. 200 countries with investments in 200 countries. So he definitely has worked and moved in international circles just as a businessman who's focused solely on Exxon's profits and Exxon's future rather than diplomacy and development and things like human rights and stuff like that. Um, He did say all the right words about the importance of human rights around the world, you know, projecting our... Our values in our foreign policy, he said. You know, quote, those are the ideals that define us. Um, he supports U.S. economic development aid in foreign countries. Um, that was a big question from some of the Republican senators because you know they're not big fans of that.
2: Yeah, but but what about oil? And climate change and uh, the global warming. Were the Democrats pressing him on that and Exxon's record of uh, of, of lying about it or at least of spending millions uh, to fund the climate denial movement?
1: Well, he, he was asked directly about that several times. And uh, basically, we'll just uh, play this, uh, this one part from him where he says he acknowledges the reality of it. But what's interesting, um, since, you know, President-elect uh, Trump does not acknowledge the reality uh-huh. of climate change. He says it's a hoax created by the Chinese. So it's interesting that Trump, I- that that uh, Tillerson is acknowledging that it's real, but listen to his answer about whether or not it's man-made.
4: Uh, I came to my personal position over about 20 years as an engineer and a scientist understanding the evolution of the science. Uh, came to the conclusion a few years ago that the risk of climate change does exist and that the consequences of it could be serious enough that action should be taken. The type of action uh, is seems to be where the largest areas of debate uh, exist in the public discourse. Uh, I think it's important to recognize that the U.S. has done a pretty good job.
5: This is not with. quite as succinct as I was hoping. <laughs> would you? Did, would you? It's my understanding that you believe human. I beings, think we should
4: let it finish, Mr. Chairman. Hum, human activity,
5: him. human activity. You believe that human activity, based on your belief in science, is contributing to climate change.
4: The increase in the greenhouse gas concentrations in the atmosphere are having an effect. Our ability to predict that effect is very limited.
1: So, of course, that's not true. Scientists are very clear that science, that climate change is a huge threat to the economy. The Pentagon and the intelligence community have also concluded that climate change is a huge threat to our national security and our national security interests abroad. Um, he would not say that he supported the United Nations parents agreement, you know, the uh, global agreement for all of us to cut our Global greenhouse gas emissions, he wouldn't say that outright. So
2: the largest agreement ever struck by the planet... The new Secretary of State, at least the nominee, will not say whether he supports it or not.
1: Right. He says it's important that we keep our seat at the table. Okay. But that was it. And then a very interesting exchange with Senator Tim Tim Kaine of Virginia. Remember, he's the former vice presidential candidate. Yeah. Um, He asked about the revelations that Exxon's own scientists have confirmed burning Exxon's fossil fuels causes dangerous man made global warming. They confirmed that back in the 80s, but since then, Exxon has intentionally funded climate denial propaganda groups with millions of dollars. Um, Tillerson also deflected that as well. Now, remember, as he's saying this, he was the CEO of Exxon up until just a couple of weeks ago.
0: ExxonMobil, despite despite claims to the contrary, continues to provide funding, if at a lower level, to outside groups that deny downplay, or obscure this scientific consensus. Are these conclusions about ExxonMobil's history of of promoting and funding climate science denial, despite its internal awareness of the reality of climate change, during your tenure with the company, true or false?
4: Uh, Senator, since I'm no longer with ExxonMobil, I'm in no position to speak on their behalf. The question would have to be put to them.
0: I'm not asking you to speak on ExxonMobil's behalf. Uh, You were with the company for nearly 42 years?
4: That is correct. And
0: for the majority of your time, you were with a company in an executive and management position?
4: Uh, approximately half the time.
0: And you became CEO in 2006? Correct. So I'm not asking you on behalf of ExxonMobil, you've resigned from ExxonMobil, I'm asking you whether those allegations about ExxonMobil's knowledge of climate science and decision to fund and promote of you contrary to its awareness of the science, whether those allegations are true or false. The question would be have, to, have to be put to ExxonMobil. And let me ask you, do you lack the knowledge to answer my question, or are you refusing to answer my question? A little of both. Um, what the hell does that mean? I, I have a hard time believing you lack the knowledge to answer my question. Of
2: course he can answer that question. Of course (laughs) course he he knows. And he refuses to because he knows that uh, ExxonMobil is in, let's say, deep doo-doo. Uh, If, in fact, uh, some of the attorneys general around the around the country, because obviously this is not going to happen anymore at the federal level. But if uh, Eric Schneiderman in New York uh, and some of the others to actually take the action to prosecute ExxonMobil for lying publicly, defrauding the public about their record, about what they knew about global warming. He knows that ExxonMobil could be in a whole lot of trouble, a whole lot of trouble, just like the uh, big tobacco eventually was when they were called to heel for lying to the public about science, about what they knew and when. There
1: is no First Amendment right to commit fraud.
2: And that came up at the uh, the Sessions hearing, actually, yesterday, and Attorney General nominee uh, Jeff Sessions agreed as much, that free speech is one thing, but the companies don't have the... uh, uh, don't have the right to lie to defraud the public, and he might not have known what he was answering when he asked that. When he was asked that question, when he discussed that question uh, yesterday, and we played it on yesterday's uh, broadcast, I encourage you to listen to that. Because uh, a lot of the stuff that happened at that hearing yesterday was just not uh, covered by the media, as everyone is, you know.
1: But we covered it.
2: We did indeed. Uh, So you can find it there. Also, by the way, within the last few minutes, Desi Doyen, uh, i got to get to the Sessions thing. But uh, I understand Tillerson under oath has said that uh, oil, gas, and coal companies do not, um, do not get subsidies yes, from that's the federal that, I have seen Is that, that right?
1: on Twitter, but I have not been able to confirm it, what exactly he said. But of course, yes, oil and gas companies do get about $4 billion, that's with a B, from the U.S. taxpaying public every single year.
2: He said that as we were heading over to the station today, so we'll have to check that out. Uh, okay, uh, now we'll move over to day two of Senator uh, Jeff Sessions, Jefferson Beauregard. Sessions uh, from Alabama, who has uh, a a spotty, a controversial record, to say the least, on civil rights. Uh, Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey gave testimony today at day two of these hearings for Jeff Sessions in the Senate Judiciary Committee. Now, this is the first time that a sitting U.S. senator has ever given testimony in a hearing like this, against a fellow U.S. Uh, sitting U.S. senator, we talked about yesterday how there's a, so much comity uh, among these senators, how so very nice they were to uh, to Jeff Sessions during that hearing yesterday. Their colleague Jeff Sessions, but Cory Booker decided to make history by giving uh, his own testimony with his own thoughts about. Uh, Senator Jeff Sessions. Booker said that he has collegially worked uh, together with Senator Sessions, even on specific legislation with him in the U.S. Senate, but that as attorney general, Sessions will be expected to defend the rights of all Americans. Cory Booker charged that Sessions' long record as a U.S. attorney and as the Alabama state attorney general and as a U.S. senator uh, indicates he, will not have the, he does not have the type of record that will be needed as the U.S. Attorney General.
6: ...not demonstrated a commitment to a central rec- requisite of the job, to aggressively pursue the congressional mandate of civil rights, equal rights, and justice for all of our citizens. In fact, at numerous times in his career, he has demonstrated a hostility towards these convictions and has worked to frustrate attempts to advance these ideals. If confirmed, Senator Sessions will be required to pursue justice for women, but his record indicates that he won't. He will be expected to defend the equal rights of gay and lesbian and transgender Americans, but his record indicates that he won't. He will be expected to defend voting rights, but his record indicates that he won't. He will be expected to defend the rights of immigrants and affirm their human dignity, but the record indicates that he won't. His record indicates that as Attorney General, he would object to the growing national bipartisan movement towards criminal justice reform. His record indicates that we cannot count on him to support state and national efforts towards bringing justice to the justice system and people on both sides of the aisle who readily admit that the justice system as it stands now is biased against the poor, against drug addicted, against mentally ill, and against people of color. His record indicates that a time that even the FBI director is speaking out against implicit racial bias in policing and the urgent need to address it, at a time when the last two attorney generals have taken steps to fix our broken criminal justice system, at a time when the Justice Department he would lead has uncovered systemic abuses in police departments all over the United States. Senator Sessions would not continue to lead this urgently needed change. The next attorney general must bring hope and healing to this country. And this demands a more courageous empathy than Senator Sessions' record demonstrates. It demands an understanding that patriotism is love of country and love of country demands that we love all of our citizens, even the most marginalized, the most disadvantaged, the most degraded, and the most unfortunate. Challenges of race in America cannot be addressed if we refuse to confront them. Persistent biases cannot be defended unless we combat them, the arc of the moral universe does not just naturally curve towards justice, we must bend it. If one is to be attorney general, they must be willing to continue the hallowed tradition in our country of fighting for justice for all, for equal justice, for civil rights. America needs an attorney general who is resolute and determined to bend the arc. Senator Sessions' record does not speak to that desire, intention, or will. With all that is at stake in our nation now, with an urgent need for healing and for love, I pray that my colleagues will join me in opposing his nomination.
2: That was Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey uh, giving testimony today at Senator Jeff Sessions' confirmation hearings uh, to become the next U.S. Attorney General. Uh, Civil rights icon Congressman John Lewis uh, of Georgia then testified as a witness himself, explaining that the struggles of the African-American community uh, before the passage of the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. He discussed those and how they came about uh, only after John Lewis himself led the march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama and had his skull cracked by police in the bargain there on Bloody Sunday. Congressman Lewis then explained his opposition to Jeff Sessions, who has a long, disturbing record against civil rights and voting rights for Americans.
5: Well-organized, nonviolent dissent for the Voting Rights Act to become law. It required criticism of this great nation and its laws to move toward a greater sense of equality in America. We had to sit in, we had to stand in, we had to march. We have come a distance, we made progress, but we're not there yet. There are forces that wanna take us back to another place. We don't wanna go back, we wanna go forward. As the late A. Philip Randolph, who was the dean of the March on Washington in 1963, often said, maybe our forefathers and our foremothers all came to this great land in different ships where we're all in the same boat now. It doesn't matter how Senator Session may smile, how friendly he may be, how he may speak to you, but we need someone who's going to stand up speak up and speak out for the people that need help for people being discriminated against and it doesn't matter whether they're black or white latino asian american or native american whether they're straight or gay muslim christian or jews we all live in the same house the american house we need someone As Attorney General, we're going to look out for all of us, and not just for some of us.
2: That was civil rights icon Congressman John Lewis today testifying against the uh, confirmation at the uh, nomination hearings for Senator Jeff Sessions. Finally, uh, to end the hearings, this was the second day of hearings, of a truncated hearings, truncated by Senate Republicans. Congressman Cedric Richmond, chair of the Congressional Black Caucus, also spoke as a witness on this day, urging senators to have the courage to vote against Senator Jeff Sessions as the next U.S. Attorney General.
7: Senator Sessions has advanced an agenda that will do great harm to African American citizens and communities. For this reason, the CBC believes Senator Sessions should be disqualified. He has demonstrated a total disregard for the equal application of justice and protection of the law as it applies to African Americans and falls short on so many issues. Jeff Sessions supports a system of mass incarceration that has disproportionately targeted African American citizens and devastated African American communities. He opposed common sense bipartisan criminal justice reform, and Jeff Sessions cannot be relied upon to enforce the Voting Rights Act. In his decades-long career in public life, Senator Sessions has proven himself unfit to serve in the role as Attorney General. I would not have the opportunity to testify today if it not for men like John Lewis, who was beaten within an inch of his life in his pursuit for the right to vote for African Americans it's a shame that he must sit here and relitigate this 50 years later. Now you all must face a choice, be courageous or be complicit. If you vote to confirm Senator Sessions, you take ownership of everything he may do or not do in office. He has no track record of fighting for justice for minorities, despite the characterizations that you have heard from others today. He and his supporters have told you that he is a champion for civil rights and equality. Characterization and revisionist histories are not the same things as facts. Let's think about this logically. If he were, in fact, a champion for civil rights, wouldn't the civil rights community support his nomination instead of speaking with one voice in near-unanimous opposition? In closing, each and every senator who cast a vote to confirm Senator Sessions will be permanently marked as a co-conspirator in an effort to move this country backwards, towards a darker period in our shared history. So I ask you all, where do you stand? It is clear from Senator Sessions' record where he stands. Will you stand with him and allow history to judge you for doing so? I implore you all to weigh these questions properly as you prepare to cast what will be one of the most consequential votes in your time as a United States Senator. Res ispa loquitur It's a legal term which, said, which means the thing speaks for itself. Senator Sessions' record speaks for itself, and I would urge you not to confirm Senator Sessions as Attorney General of the United States. And thank you, Mr. Chairman, uh, for allowing me to go over.
2: That was Louisiana Democratic uh, Congressman Cedric Richmond, the chair of the Congressional Black Caucus, testifying today. The last witness uh, in the hearings in the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee uh, for Jeff Sessions And his nomination by Donald Trump as U.S. Attorney General. All right. When we come back, the virtual shower of news continues as Donald Trump holds his first press conference since last July, responding to the newest allegations against him that he has been deeply compromised by Russia and much more. Plus, your calls if we have time on all of this and our latest Green News report all on the broadcast straight ahead. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. Given the outcome of the 2016 election, we really need your support now more than ever. Progressive media outlets have been under attack for years, even during supposedly progressive administrations. We are now facing a whole new world and real alternatives to the mainstream corporate media, you know, the folks who got it all wrong from the jump must be able to continue the fight for all of us. This is not a drill. It never was. Please consider a donation to our work here on the Bradcast by stopping by bradblog.com donate to help out however you can. A monthly pledge is greatly appreciated, but anything you can share will keep us going. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And... Please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. Brad Kast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Let it all out. I'd love to. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. I'll try to get to a couple of your phone calls as time allows uh, momentarily. But I should note, as we are just days away now, Uh, from Donald Trump becoming president, that he has an approval rating of 37 percent, according to a new poll out yesterday from Quinnipiac University, 37 percent. And he hasn't even been sworn in yet. Most presidents uh, don't go that low even during their administration. Some never do. As Josh Marshall notes at TPM, uh, just days away from the inauguration, numbers that low are totally unprecedented. Where do we go from here? Where does he go from here? By way of some perspective, uh, according to Gallup's numbers, each of the last three presidents had approval ratings of at least 65 percent during their presidential transitions. When Americans tend to rally around uh, uh, the president-elect, no matter who it is, this guy is now at 37 percent approval according to the latest poll out from Quinnipiac University, 10 days before the inauguration, uh, which is just amazing. OK, Donald Trump held a press conference uh, today amidst all of this other stuff that is all going on all at the same time. He called the charges uh, that uh, Russia has compromising material on him, both uh, sexually and uh, and personally and business-wise. He called that nonsense nonsense. Um, He blamed the intelligence services for leaking that information yesterday. He took credit somehow for the economy. (laughs) He touted a new auto plant that he says Fiat is preparing to build in Indiana. He promised more good news from the airline industry. He promised the inauguration would be, quote, a beautiful event with great talent, Uh, even though uh, almost no one has agreed to perform. Uh, But he said that uh, the news over the past 24 hours, none of it verified as accurate I will note uh, he charged that uh, this was charging that the uh, a British former British intelligence agent found over the past six months or so that Trump had been compromised uh, during the campaign with salacious personal and financial blackmail. He said Donald Trump said that that was all fake news. it was phony stuff. it didn't happen. As far as hacking he said I think it was Russia. But we also get hacked by others, and nobody made a big deal of that. We had much hacking going on, he said. He said they tried to hack the RNC, but they were unable to break through. That is entirely untrue, I should note, uh, at least according to the intelligence report, if you believe the uh, U.S. intelligence agencies. Uh, They said that uh, uh, Russia did hack the RNC but chose not to release that material. At least that's what the report says. That report that came out last Friday has, well, I was going to say very little evidence, but it actually has no evidence, no public evidence for any of this. It is only the conclusions of the uh, national uh, intelligence community. Uh, Trump insisted that Russia has never tried to use leverage over me. He he admitted that hacking's bad. Hacking shouldn't be done. He said if Putin, however, likes Donald Trump, guess what, folks? That's a good thing. No deals with Russia. He says uh, he has had no dealings with Russia. No deals with Russia. No loans with Russia, Donald Trump claims. But he still refuses to release his tax returns to prove it. Uh, And he said uh, that nobody cares about his tax returns other than reporters. Uh, An attorney then from a Philadelphia law firm, a woman by the name of Sherry Dillon, came out and explained that Donald Trump has signed papers to turn over, quote, complete and total control of his business to his sons. She noted uh, she she declared in any event that conflict of interest laws do not apply to the president or the vice president. She said that uh, the Trump organization will be consigned to a trust, not a blind trust, mind you, but one that is run by his sons. That Trump will have no involvement. Somehow, uh, she said that uh, Trump is uh, selling off. Uh, that that if Trump were to sell off his assets, that would actually create more conflicts of interest because there would be no control over how his name was used. And uh, she rejected the notion that the Constitution's ban on presidents receiving emoluments or gifts from foreign powers includes things like purchasing hotel rooms at his D.C. hotel. Nonetheless, she said any profits from... Uh, Hotel room purchases there would be given to the federal government, according to the spokesperson. Obamacare, uh, Donald Trump uh, spoke about Obamacare, said you're going to be very pleased with what we do to replace Obamacare, which he called a complete and total disaster. Once again, evidence suggests otherwise. Uh, As soon as his uh, health and human services uh, secretary is in place, he says we're going to submit a plan to immediately repeal and simultaneously replace it. We'll see if that happens, too. He promised again to build a fence. I'm sorry, to build a wall, not a fence. uh, But he says uh, he can't wait to build it, so Mexico will reimburse everybody later for the cost. And he promised the Supreme Court nominee, quote, probably within two weeks of the inauguration. He compared the release of what he described as false news concerning himself and Russia to be akin to what Nazi Germany would do. Uh, Though uh, David Korn of Mother Jones uh, said, when you think of what was wrong with Nazi Germany, intelligence leaks doesn't usually make the list. He called BuzzFeed a failing piece of garbage after they released the uh, 35 pages of documents said to be from a former British intelligence uh, uh, agent about all of this. He vowed that they will, quote, suffer the consequences. BuzzFeed will. He refused to answer a question from CNN Calling them fake news, because CNN broke the story yesterday that uh, Donald Trump had been briefed on this material by uh, the uh, the intelligence agents, the, the the heads, the chiefs of the intelligence community last Friday, but Trump did not deny uh, that he was briefed on this material at least during the press conference. Uh, And he said uh, Vladimir Putin of Russia, uh, referring to the Russian hacking, the alleged Russian hacking, he said uh, Putin and Russia, quote, should not do that. But he also did not deny when he was asked whether any of his people were in contact with Russia during the campaign. So a whole lot of information out there. Very little of it confirmed by anyone. Uh, A lot of people freaking out about it. But frankly, uh, the American public knows very little about all of this. And ultimately, I suppose that works fine for Donald Trump. Let me get to a couple of calls here before we already have to take a break and get to green news shortly. Uh, Let's go to uh, Crystal in Corona. Hey, Crystal, welcome to the broadcast.
8: Hi, thank you for having me on.
2: Thank you for calling.
8: Um, Really quick. Yeah. I feel like all this energy, like you said, media gives him so much uh, power we give him so much power we need to take that power back it's really important for all of us people to stand up make this as hard as in any job in the world be a thorn in his butt like with the media like you said they should have kept on asking the same question everybody in that room should have stood up and asked that same question so he won't get any press or he will feel uncomfortable we need to start doing that and start fighting for each other
2: that pres- i was going to say that presumes that the uh, the corporate media understand that and that they understand the threat we're up against and that they're willing to you know do that? a damn the thing about it
8: the media is going to have to understand it cuz they're going there's the one that's going to see and they're going to play all these these horrible things that's going to go on that yep. these crazy things are going to go on and, and somebody needs to wake up
2: you bet. I agree. We
8: always wake up. As people, we always wake up. And, and, you know, it does take time. But, you know, as human beings, we can never give up hope. This is a gift. Us choosing, us, us voting, us, you know, fighting, us saying something, us feeling concerned, us feeling scared. Anything that we feel, we're human beings. We can stop things. And we all need to realize what power we have within us. It doesn't matter what color you are, what you believe in, if you're gay or straight, you know what's right and wrong.
1: Thanks. And
8: there's more people here in this world that, know the right thing. You feel that in you. That's just in us. That's just in our DNA that we feel things.
2: Well, we do. Thank you, Crystal. Uh, We do. And we need to take action. um, And we need to raise holy hell. I appreciate uh, appreciate the call, Crystal
8: positive things, less, all this negative stuff, let's kick it out, and let's start saying more positive things, so it's just going in our universe, and we can start changing stuff.
2: Thanks, Crystal. I appreciate the call. Uh, let me get to, uh, very quickly, Rachel in Pasadena. Hey, Rachel, welcome to the broadcast. What's on your mind?
8: Hi, thanks for taking the call. Sure. Um, I thought that Cory Booker provided the resistance movement with a tremendous rallying cry based on Dr. King's words when he said, bend the arc." Um, so simple, imperative, and so relevant. I just wanted to underline that statement. Bend the arc.
2: Thank you, Rachel. Bend the arc, indeed. It's uh, beginning to bend the other way, and I think we need to bend it back and bend it back soon. Uh, by the way, Politico is reporting uh, that uh, the head of the Office of Government Ethics says that Donald Trump's plan to separate his business from the uh, from the White House is. I think this is a quote, Des. Uh, unacceptable. That's the head of the Office of Government Ethics, uh, who says uh, Trump's plan doesn't cut it. His plan to, you know, basically let his uh, sons run the business instead of selling off all of his uh, assets. It, it, uh, the, uh, the word unprecedented is being used way too much of late, uh, except for the fact that it is totally Accurate. It is like nothing we have ever seen. Let me get uh, one more call uh, here, real quick. Uh, George, uh, in, uh, in 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 Course Grove, is that right? B- Course Gold. Co- Course Gold, California. What's on Let's your mind, sir? Yeah. What's on your mind, sir?
0: Yeah, Brad. Um, who do we lobby to get a Democratic National Party chairman that's going to go after election fraud and voter suppression?
2: Who's going to go after election fraud and voter suppression? Uh, well, good question. Uh, Keith Ellison, I believe, is against voter uh, election fraud and voter suppression. Um, They're all against it. T- Tom gonna, Perez, to actually, Tom Perez used to run the uh, civil. He's he's uh, uh, running against uh, Keith Ellison. He's Obama's choice. Tom Perez used to run the civil rights division at the Department of Justice, and he was excellent on voting rights. Uh, if not on you know concerns about voting systems and so forth, but on voting rights and voter suppression, he was excellent. So I think you're in good shape actually with either of the uh, the two leading candidates there. Um, but helping the media understand uh, the very real concern and helping your uh, Democratic and Republican congressmen, senator, uh, local officials—that's uh, where you got to keep up the fight, George. All right. Thanks for the reassurance. You bet. Uh, it, and I realize it is not much reassurance, but uh, I hope you'll take it. Uh, those two guys, at least on that score, are pretty good. All right. Let's Let's uh, let's get to a quick break here, and we'll come back with Desi Doyne in the Green News Report and maybe a couple of more calls. So uh, stand by if you're on the line. I'll try to get to what I can. I can't believe we've been able to fill in uh, this much already in one, in one broadcast. All right. Don't go away. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. <laughs>
1: And thanks.
2: Welcome back to the broadcast melting for Desi Doyen. Uh, Boy, uh, and a lot of news in our uh, in our Green News report today, Desi Doyen, as if there is not enough already. All right, let's get to it. Uh, And if you're on the phones, well, we'll see. Maybe I'll get to you. We'll see if we have time. Uh, All right, let's go to it. Our latest Green News report.
8: He has viewed the entire world through the lens of what's good for Exxon.
1: Unresolved questions and conflicts of interest for Trump's nominee for Secretary of State. Some
4: thresholds, if we cross them, can't be reversed.
1: Outgoing Secretary of State John Kerry warns MIT students that time is running out to act on climate change. China to invest nearly half a trillion dollars in renewable energy by 2020. Plus, President Obama says global transition away from fossil fuels is now irreversible.
2: Well, there's a little bit of good news then. All of those stories and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman and
1: I'm Desi Doyen.
2: Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis and snarky comment
8: 2016 it was
2: the hottest year ever donald
8: trump won the presidency and on top of that the chicago cubs won the world series i'm pretty sure that's three out of the four horsemen of the apocalypse
2: right there i'm pretty sure you're right this is your green news report
8: if dirty grandpa wins best picture at the oscars we done for
2: Okay, Desi Doyen, I'm not sure what Donald Trump and the Republicans are thinking. I guess if they hold all of these confirmation hearings as quickly as possible, maybe no one will notice that ExxonMobil's CEO is becoming the Secretary of State?
1: (laughs) It certainly does look like it. Donald Trump's nominee for Secretary of State, that's CEO of oil giant ExxonMobil, Rex Tillerson, is scheduled to undergo Senate confirmation hearings starting on Wednesday. While Tillerson has negotiated a nearly $200 million severance package to exit Exxon, major unresolved questions include whether Tillerson's 41 years as an Exxon employee will trigger conflicts of interest with foreign policy, such as the U.S. commitment to the historic International United Nations Paris Agreement to fight climate change, which could curtail Exxon's future profits. In an interview on the broadcast, David Arkish of publiccitizen.org notes that Exxon is invested in nearly 200 countries and has a half-trillion-dollar oil and gas deal with Russia that has been suspended.
5: He has a lot of foreign policy experience. It's all through the lens of what's good for ExxonMobil, what will profit ExxonMobil. And I don't know if he can tell the difference between what's good for the country and what's good for ExxonMobil. I don't, know if, I, I don't think we should take the chance. I don't think we should trust him.
1: Also, Democratic senators will have very little time to question Tillerson about Exxon's decades of funding climate science denial propaganda groups and Exxon's own role in suppressing its own scientific research confirming man-made climate change.
2: So the idea is have these hearings as quickly as possible, have them all at the same time with a whole bunch of other people so that the media is not even actually able to report on what is being found out, and so that many senators themselves can't even attend these hearings because... A lot of these senators are in multiple committees and they have to be at a different hearing.
1: Meanwhile, outgoing U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry focused on the fossil fuel industry's obstruction of action on climate change in what the U.S. State Department called his final remarks on climate at a speech at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology on Monday. Kerry called on MIT students and research universities in general to do everything in their power to accelerate the shift away from fossil fuels. He warned that the Country risks disastrous environmental and economic consequences from extreme weather to rising seas.
4: What we do right now today matters, because if we don't go far enough, fast enough, the damage we could inflict could take centuries to undo if it can be undone at all. Powerful forces invested in the status quo are working against change. But the fact is that change has already started. We need to find ways to speed it up dramatically because we are in a race against time.
1: Without mentioning Trump or Tillerson by name, Kerry warned that other countries are already eager to invest in and profit from the boom in clean energy. President Obama sounded a similar theme when on Monday, he became the first sitting U.S. president to publish a paper in the prestigious scientific research journal Science. Hmm. He warned the incoming Trump administration that withdrawing the U.S. from the United Nations Paris Agreement to cut global emissions would not only undermine other nations' trust in America's promises, but also... that the U.S. could lose its seat at the table in holding other nations accountable for their emissions pledges. Obama also wrote that regardless of Trump's policies, the global transition toward renewable energy is irreversible, noting that the U.S. economy grew by 10 percent during his tenure, even as it cut emissions. Finally, China is definitely not waiting for U.S. leadership. The Chinese government has announced it will invest more than $350 billion to expand and deploy renewable energy electricity. More than a quarter of a trillion dollars over the next four years, creating 13 million jobs in renewable energy by 2020.
2: And we're still having pretend debates on whether climate change is a hoax. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman.
1: And I'm Desi Doyne.
2: And this has been your Green News Report. No time No time left for us either. What happened to Marlene? Is she hung up? Ah, oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, oh, she is. We got her back. All right. We uh, wanted to get to a couple more calls very, very quickly. They will have to be. Uh, Marlene in, uh, w- where's Marlene from? Hey, Marlene, welcome to the broadcast. Where We're, the
8: hell am I? I'm where, in the valley.
2: Oh, okay. You're in hi. the valley. Well, hi, hi I how are you? To,
8: I, hi. Hi, darling. I just want to refer people to uh, Glenn Greenwald's article in The Intercept on the Russian thing. And then the irony of uh, Kerry speaking out about climate change when he voted for the Iraq war, you know, ammunition, et, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway.
2: What uh, uh, what is, what is uh, Greenwald? Uh, which article are you referring to from uh, Glenn Greenwald?
8: an article about uh, Trump and the Russian thing that really, who were, I mean, in other words, that this isn't really, you know, like CNN, you can't trust what CNN is saying about these sources. And that uh, he's basically saying it's a dark, it's a dark state. I don't really quite understand it all, except I trust Glenn Greenwald more than I do CNN. All
2: right. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Marlene. I appreciate uh, I appreciate the call. Uh, I trust no one. Let me just throw that out there. I trust no one. What I trust is independently verifiable evidence. Uh, And that has been in short supply on the allegations against Russia, against Donald Trump. Uh, You know, I'm no no fan of Donald Trump's. But if we're going to go to war, even if it is cyber war, seems to me we ought to have some evidence for the American people. Do I have can Morris do Morris can do this. Hey, Morris in Long Beach, I'll give you 15 seconds. And I know how you do. You know how to do it in 15.
5: Don't let them change the narrative, Brad. It's your narrative. We got to have verifiable elections. Sister Giant is having a convention in Washington. You got to be there with a presentation. Let everybody know the most important thing is verifiable election. Now, if it's about some money, I'll pay for your bus ticket to get there. Verifiable elections, Brad. Don't change the narrative. Talk to you later.
2: Thanks, Morris. I knew he could do it, man. He always brings it in under the gun. Thanks, Mo. Uh, My thanks also to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my soundboard operator, G, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's Bradcast or any other, you can download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. Or from your favorite uh, podcast site like iTunes or from kpfk.org. My thanks to all of those uh, of you who support what we do here every day. You can drop me email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com and I'm on the Facebooks and the Twitters where I hope you will find me, follow me, and share everything that we do here. You can find me there at the Brad Blog. All right, that's it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman, and that'll be tomorrow. I'm Brad Friedman, good luck world.